0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one the only Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. It's a good day, Brandon. It is a good day here at MVP. You want to know why? Well, first off, welcome into the primetime podcast here on Most Valuable Podcasts. If you're new, this is where we talk about everything college sports. And right now, this part of the season, college football, because Brandon, guess what Saturday is? Guess what? Sa- it might not be the most premier games, but we finally have football action this Saturday. It's been too if, long. If you like it's your it's been Org- too long. If you like your Oregon State Beavers and your BYU uh, your Cougars, those are two of my favorite teams. And you like Charlie Strong going out with the Bulls here in South Florida, you are gonna have a day. We finally get some football action, and you know what? You know what that means? It means a we're done with our previews. But guess what we get to do today?
0: Today we get to predict who's gonna win oh. the power five conferences. We get to predict who is going to be our Heisman wait. winner and wait. our playoff predictions. And with that playoff, And they're all gonna be
1: wrong. And with that playoff prediction, you know what that comes with. You know what oh that yes, comes the with?
0: kiss of death, of course. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, there it is. One
1: lucky team is going to see if they can finally, because no team has yet, defeated the kiss of death. (laughs) No, they haven't. Defeated the kiss of death. And
0: I really feel bad for the the team that you're going to
1: take. I really feel bad for the team I'm going to take because I want them to do well. But let's jump into it. How we're going to do this is just kind of talk through the conferences. We're going to look through the Power Fives and kind of discuss who we think is going to be in the championship game, kind of teams we like, teams we don't. At the end, here's who's going to be in it. Here's who's going to win that conference, move into the next one, and we're going to go same order that we did for our preview. So first one up, let's look at the ACC. I'll let you pick, Brandon. What you what what kind of side do you want to start in? Where do you want to start? Atlantic and coastal. Where's the conversation? Where do you want to start it for the ACC? Well, let's start it off with the Atlantic. I knew you were going to pick them. Well, it's well, it's a loaded conference. It's a loaded, a loaded conference. Division.
0: And it's it's the uh, it's the side of the conference that uh, I think we're going to see the winner of the ACC coming out of.
1: Yes. No, I totally agree in that statement. Totally agree. And we could see the winner of the ACC come out of this. We could also see the Heisman come out of this division as well with Lamar Action Jackson.
0: Um, I have a bold prediction okay. uh, for you later. Yes, because we're going to look gonna at gonna the be, Heisman. It's not going to be right now, but I've got mm-hmm. a bold prediction for okay. you later that most people will probably say, well, okay. duh, it's not really a bold prediction, yeah. but... We'll talk about that I, later.
1: I, I kind of feel like where you're gonna go, but mm-hmm. I I like I like I like the tease. That's what we call a tease here in the biz. A yeah. little bit of a tease for you guys. But this division really, it's just like it's been in years past. Like we said during the previews, Florida State, Louisville, Clemson. Those are your front runners here in the Atlantic to win this division. It's just
0: which mm-hmm. which what order are they going to be Yes. In? And I think it's most notably you have to take a look at Clemson. People are going to look at them because of them winning the the championship last year. You look at them and you look at what they've lost and I think everyone understands and realizes what they have lost. Mm-hmm. You no longer have Deshaun Watson who has been a staple there. You don't have Mike Williams. Um, and uh, for you, Clemson, maybe it's a good thing you don't have Mike Williams because mm-hmm. he may not play this season. Uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers, There's there's a lot of pieces offensively that you no longer have. But what people will be saying to us is mm-hmm. we'll take a look at their defense. Take a look at the defense that's still going to be pretty strong for them and something that could help carry them. So Clemson is still a team that people certainly don't want to write off just because of what they did, what they lost offensively. Louisville everyone's going to continue to look at Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. No matter what changes around him, they're going to continue to say he's there, he's your reigning Heisman winner and he still is going to be able to do all these outstanding things with his legs with his arm mm-hmm. and then of course people will look at Florida State and say what can DeAndre Francois even without a Delvin Cook be able to do with this offense what are the next steps he's going to be able to take as a sophomore coming up in this campaign so those are the three teams that I No one's going to, Mm -hmm. I think, dispute that those are the top three teams. And again, it's just the order that you put them. And really, Ricky, I could see any one of these teams being at one, being at two, or being at three. I really could.
1: Well, and the whole thing is with, I mean, the order that I'm looking at is either Florida State and Louisville at one, Clemson behind them. And I'm looking at an article... Dabo Sweeney, a few days ago, as we're um, recording this on August 16th, he said that um, for ESPN that it's likely that Kelly Bryant, we had a huge discussion in the Clemson preview of who's going to be their starter. They had a choice between Bryant, Cooper, Johnson. Dabo Sweeney on ESPN said that it's likely that Kelly Bryant's going to be the starter for Clemson. Bryant is a guy in 11 career games, 13 of 18, 75 passing yards, 178 rushing yards. So not a huge sample size to look at there. But I still think that, I mean, losing Deshaun Watson is going. I know that Clemson fans, and we heard a lot of them in the comment section for our Clemson video, our Clemson preview, a lot of them are kind of, it seems like, downplaying the loss of Deshaun Watson. You know what? Our defense is going to be there. We've got guys to pick up the slack but when you don't have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, what he was able to do, not just for you guys last year to win you guys that national championship game, but what he did the year before to bring you to that championship game, because I would say his regular season two years ago was better than his senior season for the Tigers. I think that the, the most pressure for me, and I kind of hate to say this because he's still he's only a sophomore heading into this year, it's not like he's an upperclassman or a guy that we're going to be talking about come draft time. I think the most pressure out of all three quarterbacks, we'll say Kelly Bryant, um, Lamar Action Jackson, and DeAndre Francois, Francois has the most pressure because this is probably one of the most loaded seminal teams that we have seen in quite some time since the Jameis Winston days, which weren't too long ago, but... He's a guy that played very well as a freshman, 20 to 7 touchdown to INT ratio. You had he was just around, just below that 60% um, completion percentage that I like and had over 3,000 yards last year. You're expecting players to progress each year. Those are phenomenal stats alone. If he gets any better than that, this team could be one of the best teams, not just in the ACC. But in college football, like this is a team that me and you could be talking about at the end of the podcast when we go through our playoff predictions. And the thing that I think of is when I look at this season is there's going to be one game on the schedule for Florida State that I think does it because I know they have to go into Clemson. I mentioned that when we did the preview, but I still like Florida State at this point. I think that Louisville game. It's this year it's going to be Louisville, Florida State, whoever wins that game will be the winner of the Atlantic and will move on to the college football playoff with a win over whoever they play from the coastal.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think on the Atlantic side, uh for me, mm-hmm. I've got Florida State winning winning that side and I then do too. at number two. I've got Clemson with Louisville mm-hmm. taking a step back. To number
1: 3. Yeah, my only change is Florida State 1, Louisville 2, Clemson at 3. How about the Coastal? And I'm going to hit you off with, this is my shocker. I'm just going to hit you right away. You know who's going to win the Coastal this year?
0: Yep. The U. That's who I had to.
1: I'm going Florida State-Miami for the ACC Championship game. I know they play early in the season, but I want that rivalry in the ACC Championship game. And I'm excited with what this Hurricane team can do this year. Ricky,
0: I think you're right. Miami has the tools in place, in getting this new quarterback in Perry, what he's been able to show is really positive, but also I think one of the things, too, is that there aren't enough teams Mm -hmm. in this side of the conference to pose a huge threat. Right now, I think it's Miami and Virginia Tech as probably the clear top two teams, but then after that, everyone else kind of just fills in after you know i think you're still going to see virginia and duke towards the bottom north carolina will certainly take a step back to be somewhere in the middle maybe the bottom echelon georgia tech i think is going to be better Pitt is going to be up there as well but miami i think is the clear favorite in this Mm -hmm. one when everything's all said and done this one like you said the other the other side the atlantic is so much more loaded Mm -hmm. than the coastal is which, make, which is why it makes things a little bit easier for Miami to stand out the way that I think that they probably will. But that's, but that's who – I mean, I'll just say it right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Florida
1: State-Miami. No, I think so too. And I feel like the two games that are going to kind of solidify where we are going to go with and what we are going to get this season is, first off, I said Florida State-Louisville – is going to be the game in that side. And then, what is that, November 4th, when Virginia Tech hosts the Miami Hurricanes? And quarterback decision right now, I had to look up um, this article from eight hours ago as we're recording this, and there's still no decision in Miami. Mark Rick is still observing his quarterbacks between Rosier and Perry to see who he's going to start. Those two games, they're going to come down to it. And in the end, although... I would love to pick the Hurricanes because, in my heart, they're closer to my heart than the Seminoles are. I think the Seminoles walk out of the ACC, and then they will have a chance to go to the college football playoff as the champions of the ACC.
0: I think you're right. I completely agree with you. Florida State over Miami in that playoff game. Uh, Excuse me, in in that playoff, in the Mm -hmm. ACC championship game, which would then send Florida State to the playoff Florida State, they are a loaded team. Mm-hmm. They are a loaded team, and they're going to go, but they are going to just go as far as DeAndre Francois is able to take them in his progression as a quarterback. Again, still a young guy last year's mm-hmm. freshman season. Comes in now as a sophomore. And as we talked in a lot of the predictions, excuse, well, the previews, rather, with a lot of the teams that have freshman quarterbacks coming in now as sophomores in year two, where are they going? We saw some good things and flashes of. Of brilliance and mm-hmm. and really great talent from them in year one do they have a sophomore slump? Do they take the next leap? It, it could be some for some guys and the other way for others but we will see I, I liked what I saw from Francois I think he's going to be able to take this team to really a, a, a solid next level and that will help put them over the top in the ACC.
1: So let's move on. The next conference we're going to go to the SEC now and I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want this to come across as disrespect to Auburn, LSU teams that think they have a chance in the SEC West, but I'm sorry, it's Alabama. Until I am proven wrong, Alabama. Like until until I'm proven wrong and until like Nick Saban leaves, I will always pick Alabama for the SEC West. Does LSU have a chance technically? Does Auburn have a chance? Technically, they they usually play Alabama tough in the iron ball. This Alabama team, I don't care what they've lost. They still have great players on this team. They still have their leader at quarterback coming back. I think the West is an easy one. I think both me and you have the same thing yet again, Alabama winning the West.
0: Alabama will win the West. That's my prediction. Mm -hmm. But I think that also they're going to have a lot more competition from teams like an Auburn, Mm -hmm. uh, who now has Jared Stidham, who we talked about, and we think that if healthy, Jared Stidham will really be able to take this team to the next level. Probably
1: has a better chance of knocking off the tide than LSU does.
0: I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. But I I also think that now with Ed Orgeron over there at LSU, Mm -hmm. a full year, and these guys respect him, and he demands you know, just hard play from them. I think that they're going to be able to get back to where LSU football Mm -hmm. was somewhere under less miles, and I think that you could see Auburn and LSU duking things out for number 2.
1: The real conversation, though, in this conference comes in the East because, to me, it's a crapshoot. And it's a crapshoot, to me, between really two teams, maybe three teams, and that maybe is Tennessee. Tennessee might be there. We don't know what kind of a step back They are going to take because they lost some big talent, some going to the NFL. To me, this East race, though, comes down to Eason and the Bulldogs and then Malik Zaire and Felipe and the Chomp and Florida Gators. That's what it comes down to. Bulldogs and Gators, my heart heart and my brain say two different things. My brain is clouded. My brain's like, I don't really know which way I want to go because I could see both teams I could visualize both teams winning this side of the SEC, but you know where my heart's going. My heart's going with the Georgia Bulldogs. Like That's the ones where it's like, that's who if I'm rooting for either side, that's who I'm going with because I like Kirby Smart, Jacob Eason, phenomenal, great quarterback talent. However, can Georgia put all the pieces together this year to overcome a Florida Gator team?
0: That's the question. That's the big question. And I'm gonna tell you is that Florida is they they didn't do themselves any favors by having so many guys suspended for game one against Caleb being one of them. You know, it's just stupidity. It's stupidity mm-hmm. on the side of those players to you know, whatever they're doing, you always have to be thinking. I mean, come on, guys. You mm-hmm. know, and that's game one. That's huge game. That's I'm not saying that's a make or break for your season, but if you lose that one, you are on a tightrope well,
1: for the rest of the way. And it wasn't a make or break for them, but it could have been a make or break for Michigan. Because Michigan, yeah, they still, like, Michigan is a tougher conference road with the conference that, division that they're in compared to Florida. Like, Florida could, they got to worry about Georgia, maybe Tennessee, and boom, they can get... To their side, Michigan's got to deal with Penn State and Ohio State that are equally college football playoff teams.
0: Well, I'm going to say, and I'm going to just say it Mm -hmm. right here now, I know we'll probably be talking about it later, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that Florida, even with those suspensions, Mm -hmm. still will win that game against Michigan. It will be tough. It will be tough. It Mm -hmm. will be tough, but what will also be tough for Michigan is replacing and then having— what was it? Mm-hmm. Fourteen, some fourteen, seventeen new guys on the defensive side of the football mm-hmm. that were coming coming in and going to be kind of thrown, not not thrown into the fire. That's not the right word for it, but have a completely new like aha moment in game one against mm-hmm. the Florida Gators. It's going to be a great game, but I think the Florida's still going to be able to come away with it. And because they win that game, that puts them over the top with Georgia.
1: And here's the thing between like getting back to the SEC East because that's the Real battle that we're looking at. No,
0: but what we were saying, what mm-hmm. we were talking about had everything to do with the SEC East because if they don't mm-hmm. win that game, I would say that Georgia would take them well, and, it, and be be able to win it because they'd have one more win. Mm-hmm. But I think because Florida wins that, I think that they will take it.
1: Yeah, and I mean the big thing for me is how are they – they could lose that game and I don't think it'll matter in the fight for – the sec because it'll all depend how we do against our own conference teams to me the big thing between the two and i don't want tennessee fans to be mad saying that we're pushing them to the side but i'm kind of pushing you guys to the side i mean you guys are going to be there you'll be in the three dog race but just like clemson for the atlantic i'm kind of pushing you in that third spot i don't think that you guys are going to contend with the bulldogs and the gators this year the thing with the gators and the Bulldogs though that I think will kind of be the overtelling story, especially in that game and in their seasons as a whole, is the quarterback situations because we talked about Georgia. There's a comment I even saw on our Georgia our our Florida video um recently where they're like, Oh, they're gonna use Felipe for this, but then when we get to the red zone, we're gonna use Malik Zaire. I could have had that completely just flip-flopped with Zaire and Felipe, and I apologize if I did. I'm just kind of remembering it off the brain um, how I saw it. You look at them, and they kind of have that quarterback controversy, I'm going to say, because you got two people to pick from. But then you look at Georgia, and Georgia's a team where I feel more confident in my football team if I know well coming into actual games that, hey, this is my guy. Jacob Eason's my guy, and this is the guy we're going to ride with, and there's no competition to him. And I wonder how that's going to play out this season for both sides. Will Georgia have a little bit of an edge because they have a quarterback to where it's like I'm comfortable in my spot because I never had to be challenged for that spot this season or during the preseason coming into this year?
0: I think you're right, and I think it's going to be an interesting situation with with however the quarterback situation ends up Mm -hmm. with Florida. That's that's going to be I think that's going to be a big key, and if they're able to use both of both of the guys, Felipe, and then of course Malik Zaire, who Mm -hmm. you know we believe is going to be. I think we believe he's going to be the guy who's a starter, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, we're not we're not necessarily sure about. There that. There
1: are some but. people that are still pulling for Luke Del Rio, but I would take Malik Zaire. I think he's the front runner for the job. There are some people that are like, you know, don't count out um, Luke Del Rio because obviously it's if he's healthy and there's a quote here um, from Twitter at GatorScott um, dot com, or at Gator Scott's Twitter. The first thing. Del Rio said is my arm is 100% healthy. So there are some people pulling for him, but I think Malik Zaire is the guy. However, if Zaire's the guy, can he go up against East in 1v1? I'm going to say no, and I'm going to give it to Georgia, and there's my prediction right there. Georgia wins the East because they will win against the Gators, and both these teams, I think, will beat the Tennessee Volunteers.
0: Well, I just um, found that comment mm-hmm. from Hunter McIntosh. Said Felipe is going to be used to get down the field, and Zaire will be the red zone goal line guy that they mm-hmm. go to when it's third and one or second down. They're going to use both to their advantage, kind of like the 2012 season with Burton and Driscoll. So that could be interesting too if it works out. Some some systems have been able to use that and have been effective with mm-hmm. it. Some systems have tried it. They have not been effective with it. So however Florida ends up using them, as long as the quarterbacks are effective when being put in those roles and mm-hmm. can can show up and, and make the plays when they need to, they'll be just fine. But of course there's gonna be people that say George is going to be the team that's going to be the one to win this because Jacob Eason Look at what he did last year as just a freshman. He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, There was obviously things that he did that were freshman-like. But then jump forward to this year. I, I mean, there's so much praise that he's gotten in the offseason of mm-hmm. things that he's learned, reads that he's making that he would have never made last year, throws that he's making that he wouldn't have made last year, things like that that make people think, okay, Georgia, because they've got a set solid quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've got Chubb coming back as well. If he's healthy, that's another thing that helps them. But I'm still going to go Florida Gators.
1: Well, and I think the thing that comes down to is although I'm picking Georgia, you're picking Florida. Let's be honest. No matter which one comes out, I think we both have the same person coming out of the SEC. I've got Alabama. I've I think got Alabama. No, no matter who goes up against them, whether it's Florida, whether it's Georgia, I would find it like, and the thing with my matchup with Georgia-Alabama, I would like that matchup because you get kind of the the um, student against the teacher where Kirby Smart under Nick Saban. Now he's with the Bulldogs. How is he going to do against his former um, head coach that he was under with the Alabama Crimson Tide? I think it's easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy here that Alabama, no disrespect to Florida, Georgia, and even Auburn and LSU, but I still think they are cream of the crap when it comes to the SEC, and they are going to be the ones that come out of the SEC when it's all said and done. But, Brandon, let's move on. We'll go into our next one, the Big Ten now on the docket for our previews, and I'm going to let you pick. Do you want to start and just say, you know what, Let's go with the heavy hitters. We're going to start with the East. Or do you want to get the West out of the way first?
0: No, let's go to the West. We okay. did the heavy hitter last time. That's let's what, go to the that's West. That's
1: what I was thinking here. And this is this is a conference that are two polar opposites, where on the East, we got the heavy hitters. we got Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. They're the top three. They're probably the ones we're going to talk about. But when it comes to the West, I mean, there's four that could be in the running. But in the end, for me, I think that this year comes down to Minnesota is going to be good. However, they're not going to be there yet. PJ Fleck just coming in, implementing his system. They'll be good. Not great. Nebraska. I am completely down on Nebraska this year. They're not going to be horrible, but I don't think they're going to be at the top. They will be in the middle of the Big Ten West. Iowa is interesting to me. I think that they could be actually the third team in this division with the choice for me and I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. I'm leaning one way, but I don't know which way. It to me it's either going to be Northwestern or it's going to be Wisconsin. Those are the two teams I kind of have at the top in the west. What are you thinking about?
0: It's really easy for me. Wisconsin.
1: You think Wisconsin right away? Yeah. Right away. No like no discussion from another team. No. No, I no.
0: I I I think it's I think it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. If if you go back through and you look at our season previews mm-hmm. for the Big Ten, the West Division. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about Illinois and Purdue. Okay, you know, they'll win a couple games this year. They'll be at the bottom. Yes,
1: Illinois is you, good if you, they you, win at least three.
0: You, you talk you talk about you talk about Minnesota. They're going to be good eventually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, consistently good.
1: They gotta find their quarterback first.
0: Iowa Iowa is going to have one of those seasons where they are just not—they're not going to—they're not going to have a losing record, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be in any uh, contention for even the West Division, let alone the playoff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nebraska—they haven't made that climb. They just—they just haven't been able to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. It feels like in quite some time. Northwestern—Northwestern Northwestern has been lingering around for a little while, and they've been. They've been good, then they were down last year, trying to get back to the point where they're, you know, going to be solid again. But the team that consistently seems like mm-hmm. to be that team that's around there and you're not going, oh, Are they gonna be good this year? Are they gonna be good? It's Wisconsin. And that's why I think Wisconsin's able to win this one.
1: I was they're the team I was leaning with. When it came with Northwestern and Wisconsin, they're the one I leaned with because it's kind of like <laughs> It's kind of like they're the safe choice, I want to say, to where it's like, you know what, I'm making a prediction. I want to come with a winner for the Big Ten West. I could be bold and say this team, you know what, I'm just going to be safe, and I'm going to go with Wisconsin. But the reason why I'm sitting there between Northwestern and Wisconsin originally was Northwestern has pieces. I think that Justin Jackson's going to be the big one, obviously. He's going to be the motor of this offense in the running game. How will Clayton Thorson, they'll play, and how will he elevate this offense? And then overall, how's the defense going to do? However, like you said, Wisconsin, they're constantly there. And the big question to me, obviously, quarterbacks, that's the position that I always look at. What's Alex Hornibrook going to do where it's like you're the guy? Because let's be honest, last year it was, is he going to start? Is he not going to start? Are we going to go with someone else? Are we going to go with Alex Hornibrook? This year it's Hornibrook, you are the guy. No questions that someone else is going to take the job from you. And I think that's gonna be a little bit a little bit of a confidence boost for Hornybrook. I'm gonna go Wisconsin wins the division, but I am gonna put a little asterisk next to Northwestern as the main contender to win the west and maybe steal steal it away from Wisconsin. Let's get into the major meatballs and the major conversation though for this. Big Ten Conference comes down to the three-team the three team race in the East. We talked about Michigan already, that Florida game. I think that a loss against Florida could hurt them more than a loss would hurt Florida. What are you thinking with Michigan, Ohio State and Penn State coming into 2017?
0: Well, I think that because Michigan has to reload so mm-hmm. much, I've got to put them at, at number three. Mm-hmm. I've got to put them at number three and obviously would that change could that change throughout the year uh depending on how the the reload does mm-hmm. uh sure but right now i've got to put them at number 3 because of that <laughs> people are going to hate me for this one but at number 2 i got to put ohio state i've got to put ohio state cuz they're going to be good but when you have penn state who's got arguably the best running back and wide receiver unit, and then you've got McSworley throwing it to you at the quarterback position, you've got a really, really strong unit, and I think that if Penn State is able to take what they did last year, build upon that, and be consistent again this season, but start it from the very Mm -hmm. beginning, they will go toe-to-toe with Ohio State, who will also be good, who will also have JT Barrett, who will also have th- one of the best offensive lines. But I think Penn State is going to
1: mm-hmm.
0: really be able to make a run, stay consistent, and get things done, and they're going to be able to win things on their side.
1: Michigan is the question, like, they're the question mark team to me. And before I get my thought, I want to give, this is a recent comment that we had on our Michigan um, football preview coming into this year, this one from Ori Hopp that I wanted to read. He said they talked about returning starters and the players Michigan lost, but they didn't talk about the highly acclaimed guys who were freshmen last year to return as sophomores and all the true freshmen that are expected to play this year. I think they go 10-2 and two again on the season with two two losses in the conference, but they will show flashes of the following year's potential, which will be their year to win it all. I think that Michigan, the way I'm looking at it, is they're either going to be number two or number three in this side because I am and Michigan fans are going to hate me, and I'm sorry because I like Jim Harbaugh and I rooted for you guys last year. I like Ohio State this year. I think that Urban Meyer has a well-coached machine, Greg Shiano has come out and said that this is possibly the best defense that he has worked at, not just worked with, not just at the college level, but at the pro level. Let's be honest, though. He was trying to make Schiano men out of the Bucks, and there was no way he was going to make a bunch of Schiano men out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He just wasn't going to do it. And Penn State, to me, I feel like right now I want to say Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, but I feel like it's going to be marginal in between where it could be Ohio state undefeated Penn state one loss, Michigan two losses. Like that's how close it is within the top. It's not going to be like, Oh, there's a big gap between two and three. These guys are all going to be close. And really everyone's going to say, well, duh, Ricky, but it's going to come down to the games that they play each other this year. And I know that, or he said it, like, yeah, we didn't really, we might have harped too much on what they lost defensively and not guys stepping up, but you lost a lot on that defense. And when you're losing a lot and the two teams you're going to go up against are not losing a lot, that doesn't bode well for you, especially when those two teams are the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes coming into this year.
0: And for Penn State, I think that, if they have a loss mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, in mm-hmm. their conference...
1: It'll be Ohio State.
0: It's going to be Ohio State. That would be their only loss. I I still see them being able to win the East Division, and is that a bit of a reach? It may be. But just because of what I saw from them last year, and because of the fact that they are still so strong on the offensive side... Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, McSorley and... and all the guys that they've got
1: mm-hmm.
0: around him. I mean, that, that type of thing to me is the reason why you would pick a team like Penn State, and probably the reason why a lot of other people are also saying to me, well, yeah, exactly, that's why we're picking Ohio State. But then when you have one of the best running backs in Saquon Barkley, and guys like that, it's hard for me to look at what Penn State did last year, and then know that they're they're getting even better and not pick them. And Ohio State's always going to be there, it seems like. You're never going to have a year where Ohio State, oh, Ohio State was bad this year. Ohio State bad would probably be three losses, let's be real. But that's why I, I put Penn State above Ohio State. And Ricky, I guess we can probably then mm-hmm. go to the Big Ten championship game. Well,
1: the one thing I do want to mention, this is before we go there, because Ohio State will be my winner but I just wanted to map through real quickly what I'm thinking. Looking at the schedules, Michigan plays Ohio State at home, but let's be honest, home or away, that's a tough game. Either team could win it. They play Penn State on the road. That'll be tough. They lose that one, lose the Ohio State game. That's two losses right there. Penn State, you get Michigan at home, that'll be huge. You can win that one. But then you get Ohio State on the road. I don't think you go into the horseshoe and you win. Ohio State, favorable of schedules you get Penn State at home and then like I said it's a Michigan State or it's a Michigan Ohio State rivalry the last time Michigan beat Ohio State was in Ann Arbor but it was 2011 since then they've gone to Ann Arbor two times this will be the third time since that win and Michigan lost those two games and Michigan, I know you guys don't need me to tell you this, but since 2000, you've only won three times. 99, then we're going four times. That game is what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if it's on the road. Ohio State can still win that game. That's why I'm saying Ohio State, favorable of the schedules between these three, and it's Ohio State and Wisconsin for me and Brandon, just to predict it. Wisconsin, to quote my favorite Blackhawk or one of my favorite Blackhawks, not a chance, not a chance they win that game against the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes walk into Indy and they walk out Big Ten champions.
0: Penn State and Wisconsin, I think we see a really good game. Mm-hmm.
1: Penn State's gonna come out the winner. So it's really the East. Whoever walks in against like and I don't know. Well
0: I'm I'm trying not to because I'm thinking that Penn State and Wisconsin match chance. up against each other. I feel like that's going mm-hmm. to be a pretty could be a pretty darn good mm-hmm. matchup and Wisconsin would certainly be in the game, but I think that I, I'm not saying that it would be like the Rose Bowl that we saw last year mm-hmm. with how high scoring it was, yeah. but it could have the 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 closeness of mm-hmm. what that game was if Penn State and Wisconsin match up for the Big Ten championship I game. Just,
1: I just don't think Horny Brook will have anything against this Ohio State defense. I do not think he'll be able to do anything against them. He would fare better. Against Penn State. That's who. If, if I'm rooting for anybody, if I'm Wisconsin, root for Michigan. Root for Penn State. Don't even don't even hope to see Ohio State. But let's move on. This is actually the conference now that you did not. You were not on half of this preview. You for were months. on for one half. Then the other half, you went to Florida. You left me for a week. Sean was gracious enough to come in and cover you. Let's be honest though. Whenever we kind of bait him with the "Hey, want to talk about your Huskies?" He'll come in and talk about Washington. All day, every day. I want to start with the South. What are you what are you thinking coming into this? Because for me, it comes down to two teams and they're both in California and both of them have quarterbacks that are gonna to be top five in the draft potentially. Comes down to the Bruins and Rosen, comes down to Darnold and the Trojans. What's going on here for the Pac twelve South? Well
0: I think that when you're when you're talking about UCLA and if they're able to make the jump again mm-hmm. It, it it all comes down to Josh Rosen and his health mm-hmm. and what he's able to do there and we all know what he did in his freshman campaign and then we all know what happened last year and and what happened last year was the fact that uh poor guy got hurt mm-hmm. and really had a, a a struggle of a season mm-hmm. really wasn't you know um able to shine again like he did in his in his freshman campaign but now junior year you've got a chance to put all that behind you start anew and get things going and will he be able to do enough though because there's another team that stands in their way also from California like you mentioned and, and Ricky I just don't want to be too harsh <laughs> When I say it, but USC just runs away with the South.
1: No, and that's exactly the same kind of mindset that I'm thinking of. And the reason why is Sam Darnold, to me, I know that every time I speak about this kid, when it's to either Dave or Mark, when we're talking about the just what's going to happen this year, and especially with the NFL draft. I always say, like, man, Darnold number one, and then I kind of jokingly go, "Yeah, but, but but we gotta play the games. We gotta play the games because let's be honest, anything could happen. But this USC team is going to be really good this year. That's why I, you noticed how I only said two teams. I'm not even like Colorado and Utah are good, but I'm not I'm not gonna count them in this just because of what kind of a team USC is going to be. Not just offensively will they be good. Their defense is going to be phenomenal. And I'm going to read a, another comment from Ghosted um, Seven Zero Six. He said, "This year, the USC defensive line and the USC defense in general will be monsters. Think Jurassic Park. Think T Rex. Think pissed off T Rex. That's what he's saying. And I kind of agree. Maybe not the pissed off." T-Rex Park, something, and what do you have to be pissed off about? Maybe the bowl sanctions from the past, but no, this defense is going to be good. It's going to be led by Sam Darnold, and barring an injury to Darnold, this team wins the South. Moving over to the other side, though, I'll ask you this. Does Washington repeat as Pac-12 North champions?
0: Well, they returned 13 starters from last year's team. Mm-hmm. One of them, probably the biggest one, mm-hmm. is Jake Browning. And the second biggest is Miles Gaskin mm-hmm. at the running back position. Those two return. I've got a lot of faith that this team also is going to pretty much return the same record that they had last year, mm-hmm. which would most likely then help to bolt them to the top and make sure that they end up being the winners of their division.
1: I think this one's easy. Like, Like I mentioned to Sean, technically it's a three-dog race between the Cardinal, the Cougars, and the Huskies. But I think you would be, I want to say you'd be stupid to pick against the Huskies with, like you said, the talent that they're coming back. Really, just even, if you just mentioned Gaskin and Browning, I'd be like, book it, they're in. Book it, they're in. Because of how those two played last year and what they bring to this team However, I cannot wait. I want to fast forward to that Pac-12 title game because Washington-USC, we both got it, barring an injury to Sam Darnold in my mind. If Sam Darnold gets injured, then it's the Bruins that win the South. But USC-Washington, Brandon, I think this one's easy. Washington's going to want their revenge, but they're still going to be like, do we want to meet Alabama again in the playoff? Sam Darnold and this defense are going to win. It's not going to be a shellacking. It's not going to be not a chance, not a chance. But this team is going to beat the Huskies, and the USC Trojans, in my mind, are Pac-12 champions.
0: Well, I will say that it's not going to be easy at Mm -hmm. all. This game will be a good game. You look at Washington, and you look that they have probably one of the best running backs in their conference, if not mm-hmm. the best running back in their conference. They've got one heck of an offensive line. Their defense is probably the best in the conference. Those things are factors that are definitely going to play into this game. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be easy for Sam Darnold to just be slinging it all over the field like he was able to do against Penn State last year in the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl. I just don't see something like that necessarily happening in this game. Mm-hmm. But because you have Sam Darnold, I think that he's able to push you out in front, and USC will end up being the Pac-12 champions, but not by much. Because Washington's defense is able to bring on a good attack, but Darnold's just too good.
1: If it's a blowout, and I say that in air quotes, like, if we're talking blowout, it's a 10-point victory for the Trojans. That'll be a blowout in my mind. I'm thinking, like, maybe... Four to seven points is where I'd put the spread right now for that game. But let's move on. The last conference actually did a little bit of research because we were unsure heading into this week of are they bringing back the Big 12 championship game? They are. Didn't know it was this season. Thought it was next year. But what that means is the top two teams will go ahead and play for the Big 12 title game, and the winner will have a shot at the playoff, assumingly, is it is it just going to be Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Is it just going to be those two teams and the winner goes to the playoff? Or is there going to be a team like TCU, Kansas State, or Texas that make a run and surprise one of the Oklahoma teams?
0: I think, Ricky, that it's going to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State.
1: I thought you were going to say Oklahoma and Kansas. That's a, that's a joke, by the way. Yeah. That's what we call a joke in the biz.
0: We would, we would hope so. We would hope so. Either Charlie Weiss is
1: going to come back, coach him to the Big Twelve championship. Either camp. that,
0: or you were smoking something in the <laughs> in the back before we got started. But I think it's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State with Texas,
1: a close third. Mm-hmm.
0: This is hard. I'll be honest with you. This is hard because you said
1: it last week. There's a good chance the Cowboys could go undefeated. There is a good chance the Cowboys could go mm-hmm. undefeated.
0: And I mean, really looking, going back and looking, and I went back and mm-hmm. looked at every single one of those games, and it was they could win this game. They could win this game. They could win this game. They could. And I know mm-hmm. everyone's saying, "Well, will they? Well, will they? Yeah. I've, I've, I've got to take Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm high on them. Mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph." Returns and people will say Baker Mayfield returns for Oklahoma, but they've lost so much. They have lost, they lost their head coach so much. They lose their head coach. They lose their starting running back, Samaje mm-hmm. P. Ryan. They lose D.D. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That's just to name a few. Mm-hmm. And yes, Oklahoma State loses some guys as well, but the blow is bigger for Oklahoma than what it would be for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Remember now, Texas is is this team in this transition from the Charlie Strong era that did not work out to now Tom Herman where they're expecting really good things to happen right away. Tom Herman knows how to work with quarterbacks. Shane Bouchelle is there. Young guy. Great season last year as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Where's his progression going to be? Can Texas catapult themselves all the way towards the top in mm-hmm. year one under Herman? Ricky, that's the headline that we're talking about right here. And Texas, I think, is going to be that number three team, but Oklahoma State, for me, is number 1 with possibly one of the best quarterbacks
1: leading them at the helm. The most important game, most important game this year for the Big 12 will be when Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play each other for a regular season game. So that November geez, November 4th, what about that date so far? That's the second time I've had to say that date. That's going to be the most important game. You want to know why? Because if Oklahoma loses that game, they will be the third team in the Big 12 with Oklahoma State being number one. If Oklahoma wins that game, then both Oklahoma teams are... 1 and 2. The way I see it going because it is at okay state, I got the Cowboys winning it. And what that means is Oklahoma State is third. They're not in my Big 12 title game. Brandon, who do you, who do you think? Texas. The Texas Longhorns. Here's what it's going to be. Two losses for the Sooners this year. They're going to lose Against Texas on October 14th, they will lose against the Cowboys on the road. Two losses for them. Texas, maybe I'll give them one loss. Cowboys undefeated in the regular season. It'll be Cowboys. It'll be Longhorns. I would love to pick Tom Herman and the Longhorns in a Big 12 title game. But just like you, I like, the, I like this Cowboy team. I like their schedule. I like what they can do this year especially offensively, led by Mason Rudolph, who really has the most to gain. Like, Baker Mayfield is kind of everyone saying, oh, he's my fifth quarterback. Mason Rudolph could play himself into the top five, maybe even top three of quarterbacks when we come to the NFL draft. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. The Cowboys will have a phenomenal year. Longhorns and Cowboys in the newly... I know it's going to be almost a home game for the Longhorns being in Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. But I got the Cowboys winning against the Longhorns, going undefeated the entire year to their bowl game. They will play a New Year's Six Bowl as the Big 12 champions.
0: Yeah, and I've got Oklahoma State against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State will beat them.
1: And this is where I'm going to—this is probably the longest segment of the podcast. I want you guys to— Now chime in if you haven't already. Let us know what you guys have for each of yours. Just a quick rundown. I had Florida State. I had Ohio State. I had um, Oklahoma State, USC, and Alabama. Quick rundown of your teams. Just one last time for everybody. Dash, can I remember? If you can remember.
0: I had just who wins each one, correct? I had Oklahoma State, USC, Alabama, Florida
1: State, penn state penn state those were the still a little differs a little the same with both of them but a little differs here and there you guys let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section who do you got winning each conference what do you think of the big storylines heading in for 2017 we will touch these teams a little bit later because we will get to our college playoff predictions later in the podcast but brandon let's move on let's take a little bit of a detour here and Let's start our next segment. We're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy. Give our Heisman Trophy predictions, obviously, at the end of the segment. But kind of talk about some of the guys that could win this. And I know I said I wasn't going to, but Brandon, I changed my mind. According to, this is a tweet sent out earlier this offseason in July. Here are the updated odds as of July 9th for the Heisman Trophy Winners: Darnold seven to two, Lamar Jackson eight to one odds, Barkley, Mayfield, and Browning all at ten to one, Stidham and Barrett at twelve to one, and DeAndre Francois fifteen to one, rounding it out for the Heisman odds. I know we're giving out predictions at the very end, but what are you thinking coming into this Heisman race? Is this just going to be a race that's just dominated by quarterbacks? No. Okay. No. Or are you saying that just because of Saquon Barkley. Barkley's going to be the one non-quarterback we talk about this year?
0: No, I I I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so because you've got Saquon Barkley.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And don't you remember a guy at LSU who took over for Leonard Fournette when Leonard no, Fournette got yeah. hurt and a you got Geis Darius action. Geis, a little, a little Geis action. You, you know I think that a lot of times, always, you want to take a look at the quarterback position and it's very easy to, Mm -hmm. but you've got to remember that there's other guys out there who are going to perform and who have already showed us some flashes, You know, whether it be last year, whether it be for the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. and if they do that for a full season, injury free, their team does well too, always helps, always helps when the team does well, then I think we've got something to talk about outside of just the quarterback position, and I mean, even take a look at what a story it would be mm-hmm. for a guy like Nick Chubb. No, I know that's probably a long shot,
1: but he's at plus twenty five hundred for his odds according to Bovada. Okay,
0: so a bit of a long shot. <laughs> but think about it: he comes back, he has a gr- he had a great season, mm-hmm. gets injured, mm-hmm. then comes back. You know, comeback player of the year, has this outstanding season, shines above everything else. Georgia does well, mm-hmm. wins their side of the conference. If all these things, Almost
1: beats Alabama. If
0: all these things go together, mm-hmm. then one, you got a great player who had a huge impact for his team. Mm-hmm. Two, you had a team that performed well. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it always seems like the team has to be good for the player to... Well, to have the recognition, and that's, even uh, even if they're a really really good player on a bad team, which is why you're hardly ever mm-hmm. going to see someone win an MVP. If if John Carlos Stanton, you know, take a look at him right now. Mm-hmm. Marlins aren't wonderful. Yeah, but if he was on a team like the White Sox,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's probably not getting looked at unless, for an MVP unless you,
1: unless you have something happen. And that's what I kind of want to pull it to is. I'm glad you brought that up because the one guy that fits perfectly is Lamar Jackson. And in my mind, I would love Lamar Jackson to win the Heisman. I mean, video game Jackson, Lamar action Jackson is what I love to call him. Fell in love with this kid last year. Favorite quarterback to talk about here on the podcast. His team, though, Louisville, let's be honest, although we talk about them in the top three, we talked about him in the top three teams of the division for the ACC. Let's be honest, both of us picked Florida State over them. And you even picked Clemson and Florida State over that Louisville team. And there are people in that corner. That's why I bring that up. The thing that I wonder if it, should it hurt Lamar Jackson, if let's say he has numbers similar or better to last year, should it really hurt him how his team does if he's playing phenomenally because it kind of, this is kind of the debate of like you brought up, not very often are you going to see a player win MVP when they're not a top team. However, last year, NBA, I want to bring it up. Russell Westbrook. I know he phenomenal record breaking season won the hot or won the MVP and his team was the sixth best team in the West. Could Lamar action Jackson do a similar thing, break some kind of, weird record that we've never even thought of that would be broken and could win the Heisman, although Louisville could be third in their division.
0: I think that's the type of question that you have to bring up for, for anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'll throw out, I, I mentioned earlier when we were doing the podcast, I had a bold prediction when it came to the Heisman mm-hmm. talk, and my bold prediction is Lamar Jackson is not going to sniff
1: the, the top Heisman three?
0: competition. He, he's not going to sniff it.
1: He's not going to get invited to the ceremony, is what you're saying. He won't be there. Holy
0: crap! He will not be there.
1: Holy crap!
0: Not this year.
1: You don't think he's even going to get invited? He, I think he gets invited. He won't be there. He wow. will not be there. Wow. Now I just now I'm eager to hear your top. Like I know coming in, you're like Ricky. How many should I have? Should I have a top three? Should I have a top five? And I originally I was like, no, we'll just talk about it. And just kind of give our, who we think is going to win at the end. But now I want to, do you have a top five?
0: I got a top five. Give me
1: your, I want to hear your top five now that you're not having Lamar Jackson even invited to the presentation.
0: No. So, so number one is going to be Mason Rudolph.
1: So he's winning it. He's winning it. Okay.
0: With the offense that they've got, Mm -hmm. arguably best in the country.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they're reloaded. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Rudolph, number one. Okay. Number two? <laughs> number two is Sam Darnold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Two Sam Darnold, I think that's probably a, a, an easy one. For you, he's probably your number one.
1: Probably. So, two is you Sam Darnold.
0: Right. Two Sam Darnold. Number three, Baker Mayfield. Mm. They lose a lot, but because they still have Baker Mayfield and... Just because he's so talented, he'll still be able to be in the conversation because he's still going to be able to put up stats, and it's the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to have an incredible year. If he builds off what he's done the last couple of seasons, he is going to be outstanding. And then at number five, guy I already mentioned earlier, Darius Geis. If this guy can have a full, you know, a nice full season of staying healthy, <laughs> and LSU being able to produce for him, offensive line that's able to find him some holes, he will be in the discussion as well.
1: I, I'm just shocked. The, the thing that I'm shocked most about is, I think with this year, and I know this goes back to the question I asked to start this segment. I don't think we're going to get five quarterbacks up there. I don't think it's going to be a top five list and we get five quarterbacks up there. The top three might be all quarterbacks. Saquon Barkley is the one that I'm thinking he's the best odds to crack that top three, but he won't win it. One of the quarterbacks, I think, will get it. I'm just shocked that I don't think that two non-quarterbacks— get into the top five this year. With this class that we have, we've even talked about in the past, way early in this offseason, could this be the best quarterback class we see in college football? And I am sitting on the other side of you. I'm trying to think. Right now I'm looking at my my bottom because my top is easy. Like Right now I'm a little flip-floppy at the top because, yes, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Action Jackson, got to put some respect on that name won it last year. However, I really like Sam Darnold, and I know people are going to look at it where, you know, Sam Darnold skyrocketed last year, but how are they going to take into consideration, oh, well, the defense won them most of the games and put him in great situations. They That could be a storyline we look at this year. However, if he has another 31 touchdown season with how many interceptions he doesn't throw, He'll be in the discussion. I right now, Darnold's my one, my number one favorite book it preseason prediction. He's winning the Heisman. Lamar Action Jackson will be my two. I think he will be at the ceremony. Number three, Mason Rudolph. I like him this year. Really, I think the guy who's gonna get snubbed of the quarterbacks is Baker Mayfield. I think he gets snubbed. He's not gonna be like your big snub is Lamar Action Jackson. My big snub is Baker Mayfield, and it has nothing to do with how good he is. He'll be still in the quarterback um, kind of talk when we get to the NFL draft. I just don't think he'll be Heisman worthy. Then it gets tough, four and five because I think Saquon Barkley. Like I said, we're not going to go all quarterbacks, even though there's. I think there's a good chance of that happening. Saquon, I have two questions. First off, Saquon Barkley, I'll ask you this. Yeah. I'm sitting there either four or five, and the reason why I'm thinking four or five is I've got two, maybe three, I've got two quarterbacks in my mind that could get ahead of Barkley. If you were to choose between these two quarterbacks alone, who would you put into your podium? Josh Rosen saying he stays healthy. That's the assumption. He stays healthy all year. Josh Rosen or DeAndre Francois? Who do you think is going to have the better season to be Heisman worthy is basically what the question is. Because those are who I'm thinking about for that last spot, either ahead or behind Barkley.
0: I've got to go with DeAndre Francois. That's who I'm leaning. And I've got to go That's with DeAndre Francois because they've got such a loaded team and mm. and offense and not to say that UCLA won't be a, a solid, productive team, but just so many changes mm-hmm. have happened there. E- even you know, let alone in, 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 on the field and the coordinator spots too. Of how will that be um, with the play calling and everything this season? I think too many questions around there and the health mm-hmm. of Josh Rosen. So I got I, I would have to go with DeAndre Francois in that po- in that position.
1: And that's who I was leaning towards is DeAndre Francois. Now the bigger question comes. Is DeAndre, DeAndre Francois, going to have a good enough season to be ahead of Barkley, or will Barkley be four and DeAndre will be five? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and say Francois is four, Barkley is five, with my first man out not being Baker Mayfield, but my first man out either being Rosen or Browning. Because at that point, if Rosen's not in the top five, Browning, I think, would be a solid like six-man if we're talking voting-wise. But I'm even looking back at the just past winners, and I know that everyone's going to be like, well, Ricky, we already know it's a dominated winning class. The last running back to win it was Derrick Henry in 2015. But before that, Mariota in 14." Winston and 13 Manziel, RG3, Cam Newton, Mark Ingram was the last one before Derrick Henry. And even before him it was Reggie Bush, the vacated one in 05. So it's not impossible for Saquon Barkley. That's why I don't I didn't want to snub him. I didn't want to snub him from the top 5, but he's the one where cuz where did you have Saquon? Did you have him at 4?
0: I had him at 4.
1: I want to ask you this. Is there any chance in your mind, because you had, I'm trying to rethink yours, you had Rudolph number one, who did you
0: have number three? Darnold Mayfield.
1: Okay, for Mayfield, Rudolph for me, Mayfield for you, is there any chance in your mind or any thought in your mind that you're like, you know what, maybe I could see flipping those at the end, where Mayfield might have a lesser season and Barkley does a little bit better to where it's Rudolph... um, Whoever your two Darnold. is, I forgot Darnold and then Barkley instead of Mayfield.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that happening. I, I think mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is going to have a phenomenal season, mm-hmm. and there's pretty much no better running back coming into the league at this point. I just, well, I, when I, I say coming he, into the league, I'm saying coming into the season that's already yeah. in the league. I, I just don't see. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening.
1: I just think he's unless he stays next year. When it comes to the Heisman, I think he's kind of screwed, and the only reason I'm saying he's screwed is because of all this quarterback talent around him, and not just the quarterback talent. How much do we in the media and in college football as fans, even football, love quarterbacks? Because when your team has a good quarterback, you're already 75% to a winning season if you have a quarterback that you can rely on. But... Any any final thoughts? Because I think we both gave our top five. We both gave who we think are winning it. I'm going to give it to Darnold. You gave it to Mason Rudolph. Any final thoughts, anything you think you didn't mention that you want to about the Heisman race?
0: Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think that it's quite possible, though, if we see uh, the type of season that I'd like to see out of mm-hmm. Penn State, they could have...
1: Two guys in the finalists. They could. They could have McSworley too.
0: They, I mean, they very mm-hmm. well could. So I, I think that, that that's an absolute possibility. Will think, it happen? Probably not. But it's it's definitely something that could.
1: I'll put it this way: your two running backs in the top five. I would say that having both Penn State players in the top five would be more shocking than having two running backs in yeah. the top oh, five absolutely. to me. I, That's, agree. I, I would put Geis and Barkley in over McSworley and um, Barkley in the top five, but I want to know what you guys think. Let us know down below. You can give us your top five. You can give us your top three. You can just give us your winner. Whatever you want to give us down below in the comment section, we want to know what you guys are thinking. Also, I want to pick your guys' brains. I mean, my snub wasn't too big. Like Mayfield could be a guy that snubbed, but you, you went Bold Prediction Monday on us. We haven't had one of those in a long time. because we Haven't done a show on a Monday for a while. We haven't been on a Monday in a while, but Bold Prediction Mondays are back. Brandon, bringing it back with Lamar Action Jackson not in the top five. Let us know what you think about that as well. But, Brandon, let's close out the podcast, and we're actually going to go back to our season predictions from the first segment, and we're giving our college football playoff hold us to them preseason predictions. And we know you will. No, they will hold us to (laughs) them. I'm going to let you go first. Run us through your playoff, your 1v4, and then run us through the matchups and to your championship.
0: All right. So do you want me to just say the the four that I have? So you're going to
1: go through your one through four. So number one, number two, number three, number four. Then like, okay, 1v4. Talk about the game. Give me a win. Sure,
0: sure. So number one is Alabama. And for those of you that have followed us for a long time, that is zero surprise for all of you. (laughs) Number two, I'll come at you with a surprise. Okay, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma undefeated State.
1: Oklahoma State in your
0: mind. Oklahoma State, I have them just being an outstanding team this year, just they've,
1: an inch better.
0: They've they've got they've got the the tools to do it, and they're in the Big Twelve. I keep mm-hmm. having to preface that. Um, number three, USC,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and number four, Florida State. Okay, so then the matchups would be like this: Alabama versus Florida State, one v four, and in this one. You've got, just again, this Alabama team who we have yet to see what we're going to see from Jalen Hurts, but mm-hmm. I really, really liked what he had, what he showed us last year. In his first year at Alabama, you know, you you always have high expectations, but when you're a first-year quarterback at Alabama, that's huge. I thought he did really really well. I think he needs to improve as a passer and throw the ball more than 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 what he did last year and maybe run a little bit less, but he's just so successful with his legs that that's something you don't want to take away from him and their defense. Their defense I mean, you can't say enough about how good they are on the defensive side of the football. And then on the other side you've just got Florida State who mm-hmm. DeAndre Francois. Same thing. It's going to be a great matchup because of the fact that you've got sophomore quarterback against sophomore quarterback which one is going to be the better one mm-hmm. and i think it's going to end up being alabama and i think that because not only do you have a great kid in jalen hurts but you've got such a plethora of running backs at there at alabama i mm-hmm. mean it is it's crazy the the amount of guys that they can put in there at that position and the depth that they have at that position and be successful. And then their defense. I mean, you don't have to say too much when you say Alabama's defense. So I think Alabama's going to win that game. It'll be a good game, but Alabama will get that win. And then the other matchup, the one that I'm more intrigued about, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State, USC. Mm -hmm. So Oklahoma State going to have the best offense in college football. They're going to go up against one of the best quarterbacks in college football and Sam Darnold, but yet they also, Oklahoma State, have one of the best quarterbacks in college football. So you talk about you're the quarterback, you look at each one of the quarterbacks that I have in my four playoffs, you've got, what, three of them, as possible, Heisman Award winners.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You could even count a fourth. You could even put Jalen Hurts as a far distant one, mm-hmm. at least to start the season, who could play his way into yeah. being being a, a candidate. But Oklahoma State and USC, I think the one downfall with Oklahoma State is that they're finally going to see a defense for the first time all year. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a defense in, in, in USC, and USC Sam Darnold is going to be able to throw against a defense that really had a lot of holes last season. That's going to be one of the biggest issues for Oklahoma State, is are they going to be able to hold up against such a good quarterback like Darnold? I don't want to keep going back to it because I feel like I'm a broken record, but I will do it, is that look at what Darnold was able to do in that Rose Bowl game. I mean, he was just able to find guys to be able to go up and shred the defense of Penn State. What would he be able to do against the defense of Oklahoma State, who really struggled last year. I think they'll fill some of those holes but still not to the point that they'll want to and it'll end up also being a very very good game. And I'll wait to give my two until
1: you give yours. So you have your championship all set up?
0: I know in my head I'm ready. I'm ready to say it. I just am going to wait for
1: you. now I'm going to give my four and I've been thinking while you've been giving yours because Brandon Yeah I know you haven't been listening to me. I, I Well I know that before the segment, I gave you a four, then I changed the two and three. I've thought about it, and I've changed my four. The the same four stayed, Brandon. It was just, where are they going to map out? And, I mean, my four, here they are for you. Number one, Alabama. Undefeated season, Alabama Crimson Tide. Number two, the undefeated USC Trojans. I look at their schedule, and I don't see the only loss I could possibly see comes in the Pac-12 title game if they play Washington. I don't see that happening, though. Undefeated throughout for the USC Trojans. The other two teams, one-loss teams that will edge out an undefeated Oklahoma State team. And I know Cowboy fans are going to get mad, but I've got the wrong OSU, well, Cowboy fans are going to say it's the wrong OSU. That's what we're going to see all over Twitter. One lost Buckeyes getting in at third. And the reason why I say that, and I kind of want to to ask you something. I want to ask you your opinion on something. You have two teams. The other team's Florida State, by the way. And they're originally at my four. I want to ask you something on the fly. Which which team would you put as your number three? A team that won loss last game of the year against Michigan, close game. Let's say like three-point loss against Michigan. They're 11 now, could be higher when we get there. Or a team that loses to Alabama week one of the season. And those are the only only losses for each team. Which one would you put higher? Because in this scenario, not only would they beat Penn State, but they'd beat Oklahoma as well, would be Ohio State. That's why I'm kind of— I
0: would say Ohio State. Would be higher. I would say Ohio okay. State would be higher, but then you also have to bring in the factor of— how Clemson good
1: is, and Louisville. No. Okay.
0: How good is Michigan? Is how Michi- go, how is, good is, are is, they at the end is, of the year? Is Michigan a good team at the end mm-hmm. of the year? Or are they a five-loss team? or are they a four-loss team?
1: They're, How good are they? This is what I'm saying. This is my scenario for the Pac-12 for the East. This is what I think is going to happen. Each team is going to have one loss on the season. Michigan is going to lose to somebody. They're going to get either like a Wisconsin, a Minnesota. They're going to get no. Actually, I I, I I flubbed that up. They're going to lose to Penn State. That's their one loss. Penn State is going to lose to um, Ohio State. That's their one loss. Michigan is going to lose. Going to beat Ohio State. All three have one losses. Tiebreaker in some way, whatever it is, I'm saying the tiebreaker, is going to go to Ohio, Ohio State out of the three. So all three are going to be one-loss teams. Right now I'm going to put Ohio State as my three and I'm going to keep Florida State as my four only because of the teams that Michigan and Penn State could be, like how good they could be. Here's what I'm thinking in those two matchups, and I'm just going to go ahead and go right into my give my two winners. First game, we're going to have number 1 Alabama versus number 4 Florida State. Brandon, do you want to know where this game will be taking place because of regional and Alabama getting to pick? Well, if I'm them, i pick the other other place, even though it's all the way across the country. But they will pick the Mercedes-Benz Dome in New Orleans. What happened the last time this team, number one, walked into the Superdome and played a number four team? Do you remember what happened? That was 2014 that this game happened. A Mr. Somebody who is suspended in the NFL, is appealing the suspension, had a phenomenal game for the Ohio State Buckeyes.
0: You know, sometimes you try and put a couple of games outside of your mind. They lost that
1: game. Yeah. However, they get the win here. I don't think that Florida State will have DeAndre Francois is good, but he's not going to go Zeke levels on this and you could play levels here if you're listening at home. We're not because we want we don't want to get hit with a copyright strike. But Alabama gets the win there. The other game, the better game, I'm gonna say, number two USC against number three Ohio State at the Rose Bowl. Home field advantage. The Trojans win. So I got the Trojans in a close one in the Rose Bowl. Alabama Winning in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, that's another reason why I kind of wanted to switch and put Ohio State for, you know me, I love playing to history, having Ohio State, what would you, like, Alabama fans would be a little bit scared if they saw one Alabama for Ohio State in the Mercedes-Benz Dome again. They would have to bring back flashbacks to that 2014 season because we all thought it was going to be either Alabama versus either Mariota or Winston that year. But that's my two. USC on one side, Alabama on the other. Before I give my champion, you give your two because you didn't give your two.
0: Um, I had Alabama and Florida State again. I'm Mm going to have Alabama winning that one. And I had Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State and USC. Too much firepower on one team. I've got
1: Oklahoma State. Now that's an interesting one because in your situation, Oklahoma State is number two. Yes. Think about that where the two games are played because of Alabama. Because let's be honest, if Alabama's number one, they're gonna they're gonna pick New Orleans over Pasadena, California because the travel's less. They don't want to travel really far. They'll just say, you know what, let's stay closer to home. Nick Saban doesn't care. We'll beat you wherever the game is. Could you imagine that? Where how screwed? I mean, I know in your case you've got them winning. But what kind of an eight ball would the Cowboys be behind that? We're the number two team, but because Alabama picked that location, we have to play a game that is in the backyard of our opponent. The the number three team would have home field advantage in that situation, in the Rose Bowl. They would also be playing in that game because that's where UCLA and USC play their game is in the Rose Bowl, but you've got the Cowboys, you've got Alabama, What are you give me yours first, what are you thinking for your national title? How does it play out?
0: Well, it, it's it's going to be a good game, Alabama is going to come in, they're going to be fired up as always, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's going to come in, they're going to be fired up, they're like, we're here to represent the Big 12, people now finally give a damn Brandon about it. Brandon and
1: I will be watching the game, of probably course. at
0: my house. Of course, as we have the last couple of mm-hmm. seasons. And it's going to be one heck of a game. Mason Rudolph's going to have three touchdown passes, but only three touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. He gets picked off two times. Alabama takes one back to the house. Jalen Hurts ends up with three total touchdowns. Two through the air, one on the ground. Alabama is going to win the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you win the turnover battle, Ricky? You win the game. You win the game, and that's what's going to happen. Alabama going to be back as the winners and uh, the uh, college
1: football champions. Both of us are kind of playing to history. Both of us are the recent history. I know we don't have a lot of history here, but out of the three years, the number two team has made it every time. Out of the two, three, the number two has always won Oregon, Clemson, or Oregon, Alabama, and Clemson have all won when they were the number two. So we have our number twos both winning. However, the past two years, the number one team has gone as well. So we're completing the trifecta that one 2 we'll play again. Here's the thing, though. The thing that is really funny, and I don't think USC does it, but you want to know something else that's really funny? The team, the last two years, the team that shut out Their opponent in the semifinal game won the national championship. Alabama shut Michigan State out 38 to nothing, beat Clemson. Clemson shut out Ohio State. They went on to beat Alabama. You want to know the other thing? Only even numbers have won the national championship, with two of those being two. Alabama, I am sorry. One is an odd number. Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold, and the Trojans, Alabama, and the Crimson Tide walk into the Mercedes Benz. It's weird. We have a Mercedes Benz Superdome, and we've got a Mercedes Benz Stadium. They're two different things. The new Atlanta, the new Atlanta Falcons Stadium is where they'll be walking in. I got the Trojans winning it. The odd number wins it. Sam Darnold, the Heisman. The Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft. I'm sorry he's playing for the Jets. That's the only bad thing that happens in this situation because they're going 0-16 and we'll take him number one overall. But he will be a national champion. He will be the best quarterback in this draft class. He will be the Heisman Trophy winner in Alabama. We will be asking the question then, Brandon, is Nick Saban done at Alabama after losing two straight national titles. I know the answer right now. No, even if he did lose, he's not going to be done, but we will ask that question when that time comes. And Brandon, you want to know the better thing about this? What do we got? I'm worried for the Trojans now. No team, no team has overcome the kiss of death. (laughs) No team has overcome the kiss of death, and I have just given the Trojans the kiss of death, which... I told you coming in, Brandon. I was like, I didn't want to do it. I'm like, you know what? There's there's one team I wanna win it all, and there's one team that I think is gonna win it all, but screw it. They're going to, they're they're not winning the game this year. I'm keeping them as far away from the championship, but I just couldn't do it. I can't do it. Like even though I was like, you know what, I don't want to give them the kiss of death, I could not do it. Trojans over the tide. One last time you had you had tide over the cowboys. Tide yes, over sir. the cowboys yes, was sir. yours. Yep. This is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what's your national what's your college football playoff one through four. What do you think each game is going to be? 1v4, 2v3, and then who's your national championship and what's the national championship game? Let us know down below in the comment section. Wanna thank you guys for either watching and listening. Also, Brandon, there's one thing people might be like, well, guys, you guys are done with the the uh, previews. What's happening to Swanee's final thoughts? Next week, next Wednesday, we're going to be starting something new. Swanee's final thoughts has been upgraded. It's been upgraded into give, give the people a little a little one a one week plug for what's coming next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've got something really exciting coming next week. A a brand new show here on MVP. That's what I think. With myself, Brandon Swanson, being able to talk with that guy. All different things ranging from sports to politics to pop culture to music to whatever kind of comes up that I want to talk about. It could be something in the news. It could be something real vague that I just wanted to bring up and talk about. Or it could be turning it on the fans. And you guys may have some things, some topics that that you may want to know my thoughts on. Throw them out to me. I'd be happy to talk about those as well really want to be able to be interactive with with you guys as well because that's what makes it even more fun when i'm able to talk about some things that you are interested in as well so really excited about that and as ricky said that'll be starting next week here on mvp august 30th
1: yep next month coming
0: right around the corner again that's what i think with Brandon Swanson, I'm I'm really excited for it, and we hope that you guys are too.
1: So that means Brandon's final thoughts are no no longer going to be at the end of the primetime podcast because you're going to give us your 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 ultimate thoughts each and every week on Wednesdays. But I want to thank you guys for whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you guys for giving us a part of your day. Can't wait to see what you guys think down below in the comment section. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.